Welcome back, everybody. I am Robertson Beyer of Phantom Sports, and sitting virtually across from me, as always, is Ben Parker, and we are the odds on favorite. If you love football, you are in the right place. We go over uh, key NFL matchups every week and tell you where we place our money. As always, get responsibly. Don't bet more than you have. If you need help, get help, please. That being said, Ben, how are we doing tonight? I'm doing great. Uh, we are at that time of year, and, and thank you, everybody, for listening. We are at that time of year where a few teams are starting to figure out it's just not going to be their year. Um, no matter what their hopes were, Super Bowl, playoffs, improvement, whatever, this just ain't going to be it. And we're, we're starting to see that. And, and we're seeing other teams that um, continue to do better than all of us expected. And they just mm-hmm. you keep waiting for them to fall, and they don't. So – Fantastic week of football. Excited to be here. Absolutely. It was it was a good week of football, but man, some teams they it feels like this was just a weekend for some teams who just get kicked in the teeth. You know, like <laughs> some teams that were just already struggling, you know what? We're gonna like we're gonna really jam it down your throats and make you feel horrible about yourself. Yeah, the Steelers and the Raiders come immediately to mind. But also, you know, even though the Buccaneers played a close game, it's not looking good for Tampa Bay either. Um, no. We'll talk about them no. later in the podcast. Well, <clears throat> well, Ben, let's just get right to it then. Um, we covered a lot of games last week, so we're just going to kind of um, quickly move through them. I'm going to give you uh, three games, Ben, and I just want you to tell me your biggest takeaway from each one. Uh, let's go with the first group here. The Eagles dismantled the Steelers 35 to 13. Um, you know, just kind of a beat down, really. AJ Brown had uh, <clears throat> three touchdowns, I think, in the first half. Just a crazy game. Steelers didn't really even have a chance. Uh, the Panthers cough up a win to the Falcons. Some controversy there. Uh, game went to overtime. Uh, Panthers kicker, I don't even know if he still has a job at this point. Uh, 37 34 final score. Falcons are in first place in the NFC South. Didn't think we'd be saying that eight weeks in, did we? And then finally, no. the cow- the <laughs> the Cowboys maul the Bears um, 49 to 29. The Bears had a had a had a chance for I think half a second and then it was quickly squashed. Uh Dak looks great. Um those three games, Ben, just give me your biggest takeaway from each one. Yeah, and real quickly, I'm gonna toot toot my own horn here for just a second. I have one <laughs> of my best weeks. Listen. I've been honest with everybody when I sucked and had an awful week. So I'm going to yeah. tell you when I had a pretty decent week. I went six and three against the spread, um, and my three losses were close. So I feel pretty good about myself. Um, don't know if anybody was putting any money down on what I said last week. Um, hopefully, you didn't put money down on the over unders because I put out three <laughs> recommendations for that last week, and they were all horribly, awfully wrong. <laughs> so. <laughs> But, well, well, hopefully no one no one followed my advice either because I think I did terrible last week. <laughs> I but, did terrible. Yeah, so anyway, picking winners, I did good. Picking against the spread, I did six and three. That's enough of me. What really stood out, Panthers-Falcons. Panthers should have won this game. They, they could have yeah. won this game. Uh, if you don't take your helmet off after just an unbelievable – play of hell mary i think 67 and a half yards in the air pj walker throw dj moore oh it's brutal i felt especially bad the players will get over it they'll move on right i felt especially bad 
for Steve Wilkes, the Panthers interim head coach who desperately needs wins if he wants any chance to keep this job, maybe in the future. Don't know if he has a chance or not, but boy, that's brutal. That's a brutal way to lose an NFL game that's already hard to win. So hats off to the Falcons, though. They keep on putting together some wins. The Eagles beat the Steelers. You mentioned that. I thought the thing that stood out was Kenny Pickett. This was his lowest kind of yardage total that he put together yet. So his struggles continue. Instead of him trending better, he's trending a little worse at the moment. And then I think you mentioned the Cowboys and the Bears. Um, The Cowboys really, their offense did not struggle in this game at all against the Bears defense. The Cowboys were able to just move the football up and down the field the whole game. Then I think they got a defensive, uh, maybe a defensive touchdown or a defensive turnover that put them in great position. Not a good day for the Bears. Um, Excellent day for the Cowboys offense. Two things on that. Uh, Pickett has faced some pretty darn good defenses since he started starting. So I think Steelers fans need to be a little bit more patient because of that. Fair enough. Um, and the Eagles are just so darn good that, you know, I mean, I don't think I, – I, I picked the Steelers last week to uh, potentially upset. You know, I thought this could have been a trap game, but the Eagles proved me wrong. I think the Eagles are for real now. I think that just kind of proved it, even though it, it is against a struggling Steelers team. That was a trap game for all intents and purposes. Um, same with the Cowboys and the Bears there. You know, I don't think we'd really need to go over that anymore. And then the Panthers, what's interesting about the helmet thing, right, so, obviously, I'm a Commanders fan. I watched the Commanders-Colts game, which we'll get to in a minute. But Terry McLaurin, after that big catch, he took his helmet off. Like, and granted, the play was over, and I think there was a timeout that was called. So, I think, technically speaking, that wasn't a uh, – that wouldn't be considered a foul. But he was still on the field celebrating with his helmet off. I'm just going to leave that there. I don't know if the refs didn't care or <laughs> weren't watching. I don't know. But he took his helmet off, and I – knew that like from previous I was like oh my god don't throw a flag <laughs> I'm just sitting there thinking that so not to not to piss off any Panthers fans but you know it it, it was kind of it's kind of interesting I don't know why that rule is technically in place maybe someone can explain that to me I I don't really understand it but you know honestly it is what it is. yeah I don't like that rule they put it in place several years ago and I can't remember what instance triggered that being put in place but I'll pull out my old man card here. I remember years ago when players took their helmets off all the time. Like, it just wasn't a big deal. I think mm-hmm. it may have been as part of the celebration package. I don't know if anybody's listening. You want to tell us, but we'll, we'll trot that out next week. But I don't like it either. I mean, who cares? You take your helmet off. Um, you show some emotion. Why, why should that matter? Honestly, it, it I, yeah. I don't like it either. I don't either. So next slate of games that we uh, covered last week, uh, Patriots ground Zach Wilson and the Jets, 22-17. Zach Wilson did not look good in that game. Uh, But neither – I don't think Bailey Zappi did either. So I guess credit to Bill Belichick for pulling out that one. Uh, The Jets had some real momentum behind them. Um, Don't really know where the AFC West is going kind of like after the Bills. Like it it gets kind of interesting there. Um, the Vikings hang on to beat the Cardinals. Uh, the Cardinals, I think, tried to rally late. I didn't watch the game, so I don't really know. Um, but I, I knew they had the ball late. Um, Vikings hang on to beat them, 34-26. And then, as I alluded to earlier, Taylor Heineke and scary Terry McLaurin steal the show and Sam Ellinger's first career start, 17-16 to in Indy. Uh, biggest takeaway from those three games? The Commanders. They're 4-4 four and four last I checked. I... Yeah, 
Go figure. I um, can't believe it either. <laughs> they're not winning pretty. No, they're not, not doing anything particularly exceptionally well. No, uh, they're not there is no particular all. reason for them to be four and four. Not at all. And yet, you know, we talked about this last week. The Colts, something just isn't right there. Something isn't connecting. There's a lot of good pieces there. Mm-hmm. A lot of good pieces. And I even like the coach and the general manager. But something is not connecting in, in any way. Uh, pretty much uh, last season had a lot of hope and connections, but then just ended disastrously with the Jacksonville loss. And ever since then, we, we talk about teams with the Super Bowl hangover. You know, this almost feels like a missed playoffs kind of a hangover. It is just not connecting. And I, I haven't watched enough of their games and film to say exactly what isn't working. There's a number of things. Colts aren't doing good. They're, it's getting worse, not better. The commanders still are four and four. And they have a very legit shot at the playoffs. There's no question about it. In an NFC that is topsy-turvy, the Packers might miss the playoffs. Tampa Bay might. The Rams are going to struggle to get in the playoffs. The commanders are four and four and have a legit shot at the playoffs. Uh, it is amazing. It is fun to watch. They still have the worst record in the East. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yet, there they are. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I don't think they have a chance, really. You look at the rest of their schedule, it, it's it's just too difficult. Um, I mean, it's attainable. They can do it, but they got to pull out one of the next couple of games against the Vikings next week, which we'll talk about, and then the Eagles the following week. They got two against the Giants. I think they can get at least one of them. Uh, they got the 49ers, Browns with Deshaun Watson potentially, and then uh, closing against the Cowboys. The only thing I'll say about that, and I haven't looked at each team's schedule there, is the rest of the NFC East also has to play each other a lot in the second yeah. half of the season. Yeah. So if 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 Washington can somehow start figuring out how to beat these teams in their division, uh, maybe they pull it off. It, it, that's the key, really. I mean, you, you got, what was it, four division games left? You can really make some, uh, as, uh, as Ron Rivera would say, make some hay. Right. Uh, in the division. <laughs> so uh, we'll see. But, you know, we'll talk about them a little bit later. I, I have my reservations, but you know. Taylor Heineke matched that. Okay. Happy with, and the, happy with Heineke. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and then the uh, last two games we covered last week uh, 49ers, Rams, uh, Christian McCaffrey. Oh, man. What? I, did I call it or did I call it? Um, Christian McCaffrey and Jimmy Garoppolo shine, put the Rams season on life support already, and we're not even halfway. Well, te- technically we're halfway through, I guess. Uh, final score, 31-14. And then finally, the Giants come up small against the Seahawks. Daniel Jones kind of returns down to earth a little bit. Seahawks and uh, an MVP candidate in Geno Smith. <laughs> you couldn't have paid me enough to have made that prediction earlier in the season. Uh, 27-13 final score, Ben. Uh, these two games, I know you're a little upset about the Rams. And then just tell me about Gino, man. What What's going on over there? Yeah, it, G- Gino continues to just surprise and amaze everyone. So does that entire Seahawks roster. Pete Carroll's having the time of his life uh, in, in his golden years here. Um, I, when does it stop? I don't know. I'm not sure it does at this point. When you're halfway through the season um, – I'm not sure it's going to stop anytime during the regular season. Maybe in the playoffs, right? Maybe they no. get a bad matchup. But in the regular yeah. season, look like they're here to stay. 
Um, let me know if somebody had Geno Smith for MVP out there and you made a bet. <laughs> I doubt there was one, but if you did, you'd probably make a whole bunch of money. Um, yeah. And then we mentioned you mentioned the Rams and the 49ers. You called it with Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. We all know what McCaffrey can do. We all know that when healthy, he is probably the best all-around running back in football. And not the best runner necessarily, maybe not even the best pass catcher, but all around, he's probably the best. When you put it all together, he hasn't been healthy. He's healthy right now. He looks like he's not rusty anymore. He looks like he is all in. And he's in a 49ers offense where they like to use pieces that do a lot of different things. They're really good at that. Uh, So does Sean McVay and the Rams. But the Rams didn't get McCaffrey. The 49ers got him. (laughs) So guess what? Advantage 49ers. It showed up big. I think we'll see this, uh, again, as long as McCaffrey's healthy, we'll continue to see this. Nebo Samuel didn't even play Sunday. He was out. When they get him back, uh, you you might even take Garoppolo out of the game and just have McCaffrey and Samuel (laughs) handle the ball like a point guard the whole time. Yeah. Really. And quickly, we're going to do something special a little bit next week. We're going to have a guest on the show um, and talk about some midseason stuff and second half of the year stuff. But uh, quickly, I just want to make a prediction. Uh, at our first quarter mark, I predicted that the Seahawks could at least go three and one in the next, in like the, their next like quarter of the season. So far, they're yeah. three and zero. Oh. Yep. <laughs> looking at their schedule, just very quickly, we're going to do this a lot next week. But just looking at the rest of their schedule, they have the Cardinals, the Buccaneers, the Raiders the Rams, the Panthers, the 49ers, the Chiefs, the Jets, and the Rams again. I mean, they could potentially, when it's all said and done, I'm not joking, they could have the one seed if they they keep playing like they do. They could have right. the one seed. Like, I, I'm concerned, obviously, about the games against the Chiefs and the 49ers, but tell me they, they're not competitive against the 49ers. Tell me, like, it's... right now with the state of the Buccaneers that they're not going to beat them. The same with the Raiders and the Rams twice. I, I mean, we could be looking up in, at, at the uh, beginning of January and see if the, the Seahawks are a top two seed. How crazy <laughs> is that? We had them as the worst team in football before yes, the season started. Yes, we did. <laughs> I love it. I, I don't mind being wrong when it's this fun. This is, this is fun. Watching yeah. Pete Carroll and Geno Smith rocket through the NFC while the Super Bowl favorites are all limping along. Uh, It's a lot of fun. Hello, this is Simon Short of the Phantom Football Podcast, part of the Phantom Podcast family. Every Tuesday, join me, Benjamin Parker, and Ronan Summers as we react to and analyze every game, piece of news, and trend across the NFL. Listen, subscribe, rate, and review the Phantom Football Podcast on Apple and Spotify. Follow the Phantom Football Podcast on Twitter at Phantom Football and email the show at phantomfootballpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. For all of your Northwest sports needs, check out northwestsportsdesk.com, an up-and-coming sports blog based out of the Northwest and a partner of Phantom Sports Industries. That's the end of our recap from uh, week eight. Uh, let's get into some week nine games here, Ben. Um, I'll let you go for it. Which one you want to talk about first? We got we got five or six of them here. Let's start with Dolphins and Bears. 
we got to talk about the Bears, and we got to talk about Miami a little bit too. Okay, well, just kind of starting it out. Uh, Tua looked great. Granted, it was against the Lions last week, but he looked great. Um, I I heard uh, today Rich Eisen called him elite. I would not go that far, but man, that offense uh, kind of looks a bit uh, a bit unstoppable, at least through the air. That's Mainly attributed, I'll say, they're mainly attributed to the weapons that they have. Uh, Gasicki tight end, obviously, and then you have uh, Hill and Waddle on the outside. They did move Chase Edmonds today, but I think they got a running back in turn. I have, it's, I'm still trying to sort through all the trades that happened today. But I know they did trade Chase Edmonds. Uh, they got Bradley Chubb. That's that's no no small feat. Um, you know that that's that's pretty huge um, defensively for them. And then the Bears just had a fire sale pretty much. They did get Chase Claypool given uh, Justin Fields' weapons, but their their defense was already kind of bad to begin with, and now it's just kind of really worse. Um, you know, Ben, can, can the Bears – I guess at this point in the season, like I think the Bears are just trying to evaluate Justin Fields for the future. They have a bright future ahead of them. At least they have a lot of assets. Um what are you looking for in this game as far as Justin Fields goes specifically? Because I don't really think the Bears have a chance here. I really wish the Bears would just continue to open up the offense. They were forced to do that last week uh, against uh, against the Cowboys. And I, I wish they would just keep on doing that. Because Justin Fields, I get it. You can't have him sitting there in the pocket for four seconds. He's not going to get that kind of time. But he's a playmaker. he's like a Russell Wilson. He is a playmaker. And when you let him roll out right, roll out left, throw deep and run some, that's when he's going to be at his best. He is not going to be at his best when he hands the ball off twice as many times as he throws the football in the game. He's just not getting a chance. And I get it. He doesn't have many weapons. And the offensive line is one of the worst in the NFL. And I, I get all that. I really wish they would just give him a chance to just wing it and throw it and, and, and just give him a chance to make some plays. I think he's going to have to in this game. I think the Dolphins' offense, you mentioned it last week, they already looked good against a bad Lions defense. The the Bears are starting to get worse on defense, not better. And, you know, they're starting to lose a couple players here to trades as well. Uh, So give me the Dolphins. They are five-point favorites in Chicago. Give me the Dolphins to win straight up. I'll pick them to to win it. And I I think think we see the same thing here with the over-under 45-and-a-half. I do think – that the Dolphins' offense is going to do well enough that the Bears are going to be forced to, once again, open up the offense just to try to keep up score-wise. Vikings and Commanders. The Vikings are three-and-a-half-point favorites. I have things to say. (laughs) We can sit here a while. It's okay. We zipped through those first nine games from last week. (laughs) uh, But the Vikings continue to win. They are one of those teams we keep expecting to fall, and I don't think they're going to do it. But now the commanders are sitting there at four and four, three and a half point, three and a half point favorites. The Vikings are, but it's in Washington. Talk to us about the game. I don't think it matters that it's in Washington. I, I, I'm pretty sure I've made it clear before that we don't have a home field advantage. Um, <laughs> our last home game was filled with like 40,000 Packer fans. So, um, you know, I, that part doesn't matter. However, I do think that for the first time in a while, it will be a sold-out crowd because Kirk Cousins is coming back to town, and Kirk Cousins is still a huge deal around here, even though he's been gone for five or six years at this point. 
Um, so it will be a packed stadium. I guarantee that because there's still fans of ours that I, I swear I can't stand our family sometimes, really. But there's still fans out there that think Kirk Cousins was the best thing since sliced bread. Um, that we made a huge mistake, and now I will admit that we we did make a huge mistake by at least not trading him and not giving him a fair offer. But that's that, like I said, that's old news at this point. Uh, this is going to be a Kirk Cousins revenge game, in my opinion. I think he's gonna. He's got some uh, animosity, I believe, you know, maybe not towards anyone that's currently there, but just kind of just to stick it to him, you know, like it's it's kind of one of those like uh, <laughs> there. I've heard a lot recently about FU energy <laughs> you know. <laughs> and Kirk Cousins just seems like one of those guys that in, in this type of situation, he's just going to have a lot of that FU energy. <laughs> <laughs> to all like the doubters that said especially like fans that were like oh you're you're crap you're you just you're a garbage yards guy you're uh uh check down charlie you know all these things he's just gonna come in here and he's gonna put up a lot of points because our defense is gettable we're not special in any way whatsoever however taylor heineke like i i don't know I don't know. I don't know what to say about this guy. I thought that we were going to lose against the Packers. I thought we were going to lose against the Colts and Terry McLaurin and uh, Taylor Heineke had other ideas. I don't know if they can do that against this defense. Um, it's not terribly impressive. I don't think uh, through, through, through the air. Um, I think they are a bit gettable. They have one of the worst red zone defenses in in you know, in the NFL. So I'm kind of trying to find some positives here for my commanders. Um, I, I'll i take them to cover, but I don't feel great about it. Um, you know, I, I, like I said, I think this is a Kirk revenge game. I don't feel good about the pick because I think Kirk can win this game single-handedly, honestly. Give me the Vikings 27 to 20. But I do think it's a close game, and it wouldn't surprise me if the Commanders win this game. I feel like the Commanders are starting to at least connect some dots and play better than they were in the first two or three games of the year. I'll put it that way. They don't look great, uh, no. but they are winning. And winning, there's something about winning. You know, you ask chicken or the egg, what came first? The confidence of the wins, the wins of the confidence, who knows? But they're winning. And they placed, they played a team last week in the Colts who really – are continuing to struggle, even in their wins, they struggle. And the, and the commanders are struggling, too. There, there seems to be something different about the commanders than, than how I felt about the Colts. That's why I picked them last week in, in what was just an emotional pick altogether. The commanders could win this game, but I'm going to pick the Vikings. I, I pick them to cover 27-20. to 20. feel pretty comfortable about that. Bills at the Jets. This game is interesting because the Bills are a 13-point favorite. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> On yes, the road, although they're really not leaving the state, it's still it's still the Jets in New York. Uh, how how much do the Jets have a chance to straight up win this game versus how much the chance have the Bill the Bills have the chance to actually blow them out here? I think it's a high chance of a blowout, so I'm just going to take the over right now. It is set at 47. I'm definitely taking the over there. Um, the Jets really have to play some sound defense. Um, Sauce Gardner has looked pretty impressive. He's had a very in, uh, impressive rookie season. 
I don't know if that's enough against this this offense. I mean, Josh Allen, he did he did kind of struggle a bit against the Packers, which is something that I don't think we really expected. That game, that game against the Packers should have been over very quickly, and it just wasn't. Like going into the second half, uh, they I don't know if they just took out their foot off the pedal a little bit. I don't know what happened there, but they they didn't look great in the second half. So that's got me wanting to pick the Jets to cover, but it's the Bills at the same time, and they they can just blow teams out and it's over and it's, it like in a in a blink of an eye. So I'm inclined based on last week's performance to pick the Jets to cover, but again, I don't feel great about it. I'm right with you. I've got the Bills winning. I, I'm really not even thinking about the Jets winning here, but the Jets are five and three. It's hard to get to five and three. They're, Tom Brady would like to be five and three right now. So yes, there's something good about this roster, and there's something good about what they're doing. And, and yet the the Bills are just awfully good right now. Last I checked, the Bills have a top five offense, top five defense, both both categories. I think they're the only team in the NFL right now that has that. Um, they you mentioned they can score in bunches. They can they can turn the ball over and still score in bunches. So I'm going to pick the Bills here to win. I think I'm going to go ahead and pick them to cover that 13 points as well. I don't feel great about that because I, I do think the Jets can hang around for a while in this game. But in the end, it may just be too much Buffalo. So give me the Bills to, to win and to cover here, although I don't feel great about the cover part. <laughs> Seahawks at Arizona. I keep waiting for the Cardinals to, to kick it in the gear. They just haven't. They've shown little bits and pieces, little flashes. They led the game against Minnesota last week for a while, and then just it just fizzled out. Uh, Seahawks are one of those teams who we keep expecting to look bad, and and they just don't. Um, but the Seahawks are in Arizona this time. Cardinals a two point favorite. Tell me who you're picking and why. I hope I don't jinx it, but I'm buying into the into the Geno hype. Um, I like I said. I thought they were going to go potentially 4-0 in this four-game stretch here. This is the last game of that. Uh, I think they're going to do it. I, I think they're going to beat the Cardinals. I know they won their, their first matchup, not too impressively. But like you said, we keep waiting for the Cardinals to turn things around. And granted, the offense does look a lot better with uh, DeAndre Hopkins back. But um, – you know, I, I just like the Seahawks right now. Geno Smith is playing extremely well. We're you know, MVP candidate in my book. Uh, you, you don't play that way with this team that we all thought, and nobody thought this was going to happen. No, you can't tell me anyone thought this was going to happen, realistically. I mean, with this roster, what Geno Smith is doing, what this team is doing, Pete Carroll, I believe in them right now, and I'm sticking with them. I'm going to take, uh, take them to beat the Cardinals. I agree. Um, I think the spread, the over-under is about right. It's 50 and a half. I've got Seattle winning 27 to 24. I think it's a very close game. Yeah. I've been waiting several games now. We've covered the Cardinals several games, and I've said mm -hmm. several times, I think they're close. I think they're Jekyll and Hyde, but when they get hot, they get very hot. I think maybe they're right there on the cusp of, of doing it, but they haven't done it. And so I'm kind of tired of waiting. I'm also tired of waiting on Seattle to trip and fall on their face. They haven't yeah. done that either. So I'm going to pick the team that's trending well over the team that's not trending too well. Uh, and if Seattle, this is this is interesting. If Seattle wins this game, 
they are six and three, and the Cardinals are three and six. And that would basically be a knockout blow to Arizona to be at three and six just past the halfway point of the season. And even though they would be relatively healthy, there's no momentum at all, just nothing. So give me the Seahawks to kind of win this game, 27-24, cover that two-point differential. Um, could the Cardinals win? Yes, but I'm taking Seattle. Real quick, Rams ben, and Buccaneers, shoot. Real quick, is Vegas trying to bait us here? I With wondered that? about that, yeah. Are they trying to bait us? <laughs> Like because because you bring up good points. I just want to talk about this for a second. You bring up good points that that the Cardinals are hot and cold. Are they expecting right. them to all of a sudden get hot against this team that is surging? I mean, I, I don't know. I to me, I think that's a bit of they're they're trying to. May, maybe they know that the public's going to bet on the Seahawks a little bit, and Vegas at the end of the day, they always like just. Over over a season, I don't think they ever lose. So, you know, I'm just thinking this may be one of those games where they're trying to bait us. Yeah, honestly, this game had an odd feel to it. I actually expect the Seahawks to be a slight favorite before I looked at the line, and then I mm-hmm. saw, oh, Cardinals a favorite. I'm still picking Seattle anyway, straight up. But, yeah, you're right. It, it had a weird feel to it as soon as you looked at that line. And, you know, the, the over-under here is at 50-and-a-half, which is very high for an NFL game. Mm-hmm. They're expecting a lot of points. Anything could happen when you're expecting that many points. Neither one of these defenses have looked very good. Um, the Seahawks' offenses look pretty good. And, you know, Arizona can score a bunch at any given moment. Yeah. If they kick it into gear, which they yeah. have so far. <laughs> yeah, right. Rams at Buccaneers. So I don't think any one of us would have thought that the Rams and Buccaneers would be both be under 500 at this point in the season. Mm-mm. But there they are. And neither team looks good. Neither team has a whole lot of hope going on right now. Uh, there's really not much to look at to say, well, this guy's coming back healthy and they're going to kick it in the gear. Or it, there just isn't. Uh, but I talk to him about this game. What's your feeling? Who, who you like to win? The Buccaneers at home are a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I keep saying that uh, I keep saying that I will never bet against Tom Brady again, and I don't think I'm going to do that here. But I mean, unless this game ends in a tie, which is completely possible, I mean that would just be hilarious, wouldn't it? I mean, <laughs> to me that would just be hilarious. Oh, the Buccaneers—they're not scoring. They're, they're, they can't run the ball to save their lives. I don't know what's going on. And then you have the Rams, who they have Cooper Cup and Matt Stafford, and that's about it. Their offense seems broken to me. Their team seems broken. They've gotten old very fast um, with no real future in sight because they traded away all their picks, which in the moment, you know, great. They got a Super Bowl of it, but now it's kind of like, well, crap, what do we do now? So... I don't know what to make of this game. I feel like this uh, was supposed to be a very exciting game. It's a rematch of that uh, very exciting divisional matchup last year in the, in the playoffs. I like the Buccaneers here, but I don't really like them, if you know what I mean. Like, it's – I'll take them because they're at home. and Maybe Brady's just kind of pissed off after everything that's been going on with him personally, which really isn't any of our business anyway, but people like to make it that way. Um I'll take them, but I wouldn't be surprised to see the the Rams win. I would stay away from this game personally. Um, 
that's just, that's just kind of where I am. Both teams are broken. Yeah, that I think that's a perfect way to say it. Both teams are broken. The Buccaneers' offensive line cannot seem to open holes to save their life. The protection for Brady hasn't been the worst, as bad as we expected it might be, but it hasn't been great. The defense is starting to lose a couple of people due to injuries. Um, without Gronkowski there as that third option at receiver, that leaves Brady with two guys to throw to, Evans and Goodwin. And and there's just a lot of things going on here, not to mention which Brady doesn't seem like he's as locked in and dialed in as he normally might be for whatever reasons. I'm still picking Tampa Bay to win this game. The Rams have enough problems of their own. I think it's a tight game, but give me the Buccaneers to win and cover that two and a half points. Uh, I, I think it's a really tight game all the way through. Might come down to a field goal at the end, but I'll take the Buccaneers here at home, two and a half points. I bet against Brady last week and got by with it. I'm not going to do that two weeks in a row, <laughs> especially when we know that the Rams are struggling to score points too. They are really, really scuffling to, to get any kind of offense going. Other than Cooper Cup, they're just really struggling to do it. The Titans at the Chiefs. Now, this is an interesting game here for yeah. a couple of reasons. The line is 12 and a half points. The Chiefs are favored by. Malik Willis might start for the Titans, which is probably why the line is so big. But there's a chance here, maybe, that Ryan Tannehill comes back for next week. Talk to me about this game. So, Mike Vrabel, uh, latest news that I'm seeing, and again, I'm not that in touch with the Tennessee Titans, like any of their beat reporters or, you know, anything like that. I don't have any insider information or even like information that Titans fans have really. Cause I, I don't pay that much attention to him, but he said that, you know, there was really no update that he's, you know, still getting over a sickness and there's an ankle injury there. He didn't give them a status for the upcoming game. To me, that's kind of saying that, where they're leaning a little bit more towards Willis. Like, the more I think about it, it's like, okay, if you're saying that, I'm probably not looking good. Um, So if you're listening to this, we don't – this is probably – an announcement has already been made. I'm predicting that sometime tomorrow or even Thursday that there's going to be an announcement that Willis gets the start. But given that, that there is still a chance that Tannehill can play, I would – if if Tannehill plays, I would expect the line to drop to something like uh, six and a half, seven. Um, I, you know, Tannehill just gives them a better chance. Malik Willis was like what six of ten last week. I mean, for like well under hundred yards, it just wasn't an impressive performance. They didn't even let him do anything, which was probably smart because he's a very raw quarterback. So. I mean, if you think that Tannehill is going to start, then yeah, I would take the line uh, or take take the Titans to cover here because, like I said, that line is going to change if Tannehill is named starter, but I don't see that happening at this moment. Again, I don't really know much, but um, in terms of the game, I don't think the Titans really have a chance unless they can really run it on the Chiefs, which teams haven't really been able to do much of successfully. So... I'm going to take the Chiefs here. I don't really think it's close in, in terms of that. I'll take the, the Titans to cover just because I think they have a good chance to if the line stays at 12.5 and 10 and starting. But if it's Willis, I think it's going to be a blowout. I agree. I've got the Chiefs to win and to go ahead and cover that 12.5. 
Now I'm going to throw out a couple tips, and you basically already alluded to both of them. If you think Ryan Tannehill is going to start, if, if you've watched the games and you're familiar with that kind of injury and you've just got a feeling that he's going to start, go ahead and grab this 12-and-a-half while you can because a, a healthy Ryan Tannehill or a 90% Ryan Tannehill could probably keep Titans competitive in this game at least within 12-and-a-half points, I would say. If you don't think so, if you think Malik Willis is going to start, Willis might even throw for a lot of yards if they cut him loose. But if he throws for two or three picks as well, then the score is going to be very lopsided, just like we saw with the Jets and the, and, uh, the Patriots last week. Um, Zach Wilson throws for a ton of yardage but has three picks to go along with it. Um, and same thing as we've seen with Kenny Pickett um, a couple times this year, throwing for lots mm-hmm. of yardage, but the picks too, and the score is lopsided. So, um, But if you, if also if you think that Derrick Henry can run the ball in this Chiefs defense, if you think that, that will keep the score down, it will keep the game close and condensed. But again, you mentioned that the Chiefs have held up pretty well against the run this year. They're not dominating, but they're in the top 10 uh, against the run this year. They're doing pretty well. And oh, by the way, when the Chiefs played the Titans last year, a year ago, and the Titans had at least a good team last year, maybe even better, Derrick Henry only had 96 yards, or no, sorry, 86 yards, 29 carries for 86 yards. The Chiefs are willing to do something that a lot of NFL teams aren't. The Chiefs don't mind stacking the box against a good run, against a good running back and daring you to throw the football on them. A lot of NFL teams aren't willing to do that. They just, they will not do it. But the Chiefs will do that. They do not mind packing in the defense, putting seven or eight guys in the box to shut down or slow down Derrick Henry and challenging the Titans to throw the football down the field. So I think the Chiefs are going to be pretty safe here. I think I like the 12 and a half points with the Chiefs. It's a big spread, but given the Chiefs here, they have the highest score in offensive football at the moment. They just keep finding ways to do it. All right, we covered it. What else do we need to hit, man? Um, just one comment on that last point. The reason that the Chiefs do that is because, and no other teams do, is in terms of stacking the box and playing man on the outsides, is because they don't have, not any other team has Patrick Mahomes on the other side of the ball. So that's really the only reason they can play that defense. <laughs> and traditionally, that's why they always have one of the worst passing defenses in the NFL, because they play that way. But one thing, one last thing I think we need to cover here. It was just Halloween yesterday for us. I don't know when you're listening to this, but uh, it's November 1st today, and yesterday was Halloween. Ben, I want to know, um, what was what's your favorite Halloween candy? Like, what growing up has it you know has it changed at all from growing up? Like, because I can tell you, and it's to me, it's not uh, it, it's indisputable. Uh, Reese cups are are the absolute best. You know, I'm, Twix is up there. Don't get me wrong. I love Twix. It's up there. But to me, it's Reese Cups all the way. You can't change my mind about it. We, we could talk about this for 30 minutes, and we might. <laughs> all right? So if you're yeah. in the audience, we're not talking any more football. We're only talking talking candy from now on, okay? Absolutely. Um, it's a better topic adult, anyway. <laughs> yes, it is. Okay, I'm a bit of a chocolate snob, okay? So if Ooh. I don't mention your brand, it's because I don't like your brand, Okay. <laughs> Reese's peanut butter cups are at the top of the list, but thank if, you. Only if they're fresh. If you give me oh. a stale Reese's peanut butter cup, <laughs> I will not eat it. I might even throw it back at you, okay? Because I can tell the difference. The peanut butter, it's not the chocolate that goes stale yeah. so much as the peanut butter inside. Mm-hmm. It's got to be, and don't give me a melted one. My little boy, my middle kid, has gotten mad at me, not once, not twice, <laughs> but three times. 
because those things melt so fast. If you they buy do. them in the summer and you walk from the gas station to the van, that's where we buy our snacks at here in the South. I don't know about up North, but in the South, you buy your snacks at the gas station. But in the summer, if the sunlight hits those things for 30 seconds, they are melted <laughs> and they tough. are hard to eat and they don't yeah. taste the same anymore. They don't. Um, I, I have more to say, but I'm going to kick it back to you. Any more thoughts on Reese's peanut butter cups? Um, is there anything better than a frozen Reese's peanut butter cup? <laughs> because honestly, that's like, other than fresh, that's the best way to eat them. Like if you want to experiment a little bit with your Reese's cup, don't melt it, put it in the freezer and eat that, eat that shit after like fresh out the freezer. Because you might break a tooth, but damn, is it good? <laughs> um, I, I will say this. I do not put my Reese's peanut butter cups in in anything cold. I just like the room temperature. But okay, and this again, I'm a chocolate snob. Give me a Hershey's with almonds or a regular Hershey's, either one, and they have to be in the refrigerator. I have to have that uh, cold snap. Do not hand me a melted candy bar. <laughs> I'm going to throw it back at you. I, I give me that cold snap. Same thing with the Kit Kat. Um, I, I, I love these things, the Three Musketeers. I want them cold. I like that snap. I don't yes. want it melted. I, I can't have it. You know, I feel bad for the people in the 20s. But <laughs> they only ever knew melted chocolate, right? Yeah. You didn't have <laughs> right. cold chocolate. <laughs> but a Snickers, you know, a Snickers gets too hard with the caramel and the nuts. You can't eat yeah. a cold Snickers. So give me that at room temperature. I'm fine with that. Okay, so I think we've established that Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are by far, far and away the, the, the best candy, and I don't think it's close. <laughs> um, what was, like, when when you were a kid and you went trick-or-treating, what was, like, it ends up in, because today kids, just they just reach in and grab it. When I was a kid, which wasn't that long ago, they handed it to you, like, they gave you the candy you didn't get to choose really unless they right. were like the nice neighbor or something right what was the candy that was in your bag that you were like oh god <laughs> i like straight to the trash or like you know here mom or dad like eat just eat it get it out of my sight you know what was that for you i'm not gonna call out any of the specific brands here but anything sour honestly i oh I really sour yeah i I, I have a very I, I have a very peasant taste set of taste buds, very <laughs> vanilla. Um, I kid you not, my wife will not go to a subway with me because I order a plain six inch sub with nothing but ham, mayonnaise, and cheese. That's it. <laughs> That's the same way that I basically like my candy, right? Just very simple. Don't give me anything complex. Certainly nothing sour. I like my Hershey Kisses. It's cold as well. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't like anything sour, honestly. You? So I, I got it before I get to mine. I gotta ask. So like Skittles, like are you like a not a sugar? Guy? Are you more of like a chocolate guy? You're not like really a sugar candy guy. Yeah, I'm. I'm oh. a, I can do some sugar candies, but I'm always gonna go go for the chocolate first. Always. Okay, okay that's fair. But now these days I can pop some Skittles. Uh, they're good. Yeah. But as a kid, no, nah, I didn't want the Skittles. Give me some M and M's instead. Yeah, I got some Skittles here on my desk. I'm gonna pop a few right now, actually. Absolutely. Got, see, like the to me, the best ones are the red and or, red and orange ones. Like they're the best, hands down. The same with Starburst. Right. Starburst, I love exactly. Starburst. They're they're the best ones. 
I love yep. nerds. Nerds are so good. You can eat like just one, you know, just one tilt. You're, you got the whole box in your hand, like in your mouth, and it's great. I love those. But the worst ones for me. Oh, so I hate coconut and I hate just nuts in general. So almond joys and mounds, like if I, if, you know, if I didn't have siblings that loved it, I would, you know, I would just, if I could, I'd just toss in the trash. But right. milk duds and whoppers, ugh, ugh, God, just disgusting. Like the audacity for them to even have existed, <laughs> you know, it's just, it, it it's terrible. Like there's, that how can you call yourself candy when you're put through such misery honestly it's a fair point i'm going to reach out here with a different candy that i think still exists yeah i know it does it definitely still exists this was my brother's favorite for years mallow cups did you ever have Mm-mm. mallow cups growing up oh um i had them but i didn't like them i'm not a okay. big so like if you give me a s'more i'm not i'm going to like it Right. I'm not a big, if everyone's wondering why I sound like I have a mouthful, it's because I just <laughs> ate Skittles. I said I had them on my desk. <laughs> but I don't like any marshmallow in my candy. I'm just not a fan of it. So, like, they're they're okay, but they're not great. Like, I think one of the, the worst things that Reese's did, they made, like, a marshmallow Reese's, and that was, like, disgusting. I hated it, so. <laughs> I... I, I didn't do the Mallow Cups myself, but my brother loved them. And back in the day, you know, I don't know if you remember that, they had these little cardboard gray and blue tickets, basically, that were worth five, five quote-unquote, cents, according to the Mallow Cup manufacturers. And if you saved up enough of these, kind of like the old food stamps, um, the old food, food stamp booklets, basically, if you saved up, or green stamps, I'm sorry, if you saved up enough of them, you could get something out of their catalog. And so not only did you get the candy that you loved, but you had a chance at winning something if you ate like 37,000 of these things. And, <laughs> you know, um, I'm not sure we ever bought anything. <laughs> it was just the idea, you know, it was the idea that you could if you ate enough of these. I tell you what weird uh, my brother loves to this day, not as much anymore, but he loves these, these little, uh, the, I call them chalk discs. They're called Necco wafers. And like, I think they're considered candy, but I really think they like belong to the defense department uh, for like cruel and unusual punishment and torture for the enemy. Because I don't know how you can consider that like little chalk disc thing uh, candy, but it, it's, it's nasty. It's tasteless. It's disgusting. And, you know, if you made that <laughs> someone's meal, I think they'd be they they'd talk instantly. <laughs> and they're hard to find, and I'm like, because my brother's like, yeah, I can't find them anymore. I'm like, I wonder why. <laughs> so you mentioned coconut earlier. My dad's favorite candies always include coconut. It can be coconut cake. Uh-huh. Uh, there are some pink things that are like little. I, I don't know, they're like little balls of marshmallow and icing, but they're covered in coconut. He loves those. You mentioned the almond joys and the uh uh the the other one that has the uh the coconut in it, the candy bars. Mounds. Yeah, mounds. You know, he my dad loves anything that has coconut in it. I, I can't stand coconut. I'm like you, it's all gritty. I don't want that in my chocolate. Like why oh, I, I hate coconut. I hate it. It's <laughs> yes. gross. So 
And then my grandma was Fifth Avenue's, you know, give her a Pepsi and a Fifth Avenue. <laughs> and she was happy. Like, and, you know, room temp too, by the way, I call it room temp. Oh. Like, like many of our grandparents' houses, room temp for them was about 80 degrees. And so the, the candy bars were guaranteed to be just a little bit melted. <laughs> oh. But yeah, she loved the Fifth Avenue's. See, now, my grandfather always told me about, uh, now, I want to make sure before I say this, I'm not crazy. He always told me about a whatchamacallit. Oh, yes. it is a candy bar. What's it's in legit. It? Yeah, it's legit. Absolutely. Now, what's in there? Candy bar marketing, uh, Hershey Company. So it's it's by Hershey. I don't even know what it is. What's it? What is this thing? He told I'm me about sure. it all the time. And like, I think there's I a wafer inside there, right? Mixed with a couple of other things. Ah, I see that. It doesn't look half bad, but chocolate peanut flavored crisp and caramel. See, that doesn't sound bad, but like, I don't know. I, I'm kind of like you a little bit. I venture out a little bit more than, than it seems like you do, but <laughs> you know, like, don't mess with my original stuff. You know, don't mess with my Reese's Cup. No, unless you nope. unless the dark chocolate Reese's cup. I love dark chocolate. I'm of the the minority. I'm pretty sure, but I love dark chocolate. So, I I can eat the dark chocolate. Now, now I you know again, you know don't don't go messing around too much here. You know I I like what I like. I can eat the same thing every day. Have no problem yeah. with that. That's just fine. You know you don't need to give me 37 different flavors here to uh, to get me to buy your product. I either liked it or I didn't. It's very true. Very true. But I do like the sour Skittles. I mean, Skittles when I wish I had the sour ones. <laughs> yeah, those aren't bad. For whatever reason, probably chalky, sour. Anything that was ah. chalky and sour, I probably steered away from more than, uh, uh, more than say, the sour, sour Skittles. All right. Well, I think that about does it for our candy conversation. That was fun. Um, you know, if you enjoyed that, then great. Um, we, I think we certainly enjoyed that, um, and I will steal your candy if you're not careful. Um, <laughs> if you have anything to say, I will fight you. Anyone that's willing to argue the Reese Cup point and the Milk Dud point for that, for that matter, I, I will fight you. I will find you, and I will fight you. Um, <laughs> ben, you got anything else to say before we leave? No, that's it. If you're listening, tell us what your favorite candy is. Tell us why we're wrong Please. if you're right, and. Uh, and we will we put, might prove make you fun wrong. of you next week. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we will prove you wrong. Well, thank you, everyone that has listened that lasted this long. We appreciate it. You must be true fans to have made it to this point. Um, see you next week. Uh, enjoy your Halloween candy, even though it might suck. Bye.